Good morning, everyone. It's time to begin our worship service this morning. Certainly want to welcome uh, everyone here, and especially if you're visiting with us. We're certainly glad to have you, and we invite you back this evening for 6 o'clock services. I want to start out by saying we had a great uh, VBS this week. been a very good week. We averaged uh, around 55 kids, and uh, we had good adult classes uh, each night, and we had the uh, preachers come down on uh, Monday and Tuesday night from Allen Creek and Pine Grove, and, and they did the adult class, and, and they did a real good job on that. And plus, we had uh, Daniel the camel come in on Wednesday, and that was a real treat. I'm glad, I think Kelly might have thought of that. That was really nice. And, uh, and somebody asked me if that was a coincidence that we brought him in on Wednesday. You know, Camel said being hump day. And it took me a while to get that, but uh, I thought it was kind of cute after I heard it. But uh, we certainly had a good week, and we want to thank uh, the teachers and, and uh, everyone that was involved, uh, the people that worked in the kitchen and, and the game ladies and, uh, and the boys. We, uh, we had uh, six or eight teenage boys that would come out and sing before it started. And after the first couple of nights, uh, Dave would say something, are we ready to sing? And some of the kids would scream, yeah, bring out the boys. That's what they was calling them. And it was really, it was really fun. And but it's a great VBS, and we're thankful that uh, we got to have that. And, and we had a good church camp. There's 13 baptisms at, at church camp, and so uh, it'd been a good week. And, and, and I think about the COVID, it would just been great to be able to worship together the last few months like we have been. And, and we need to continue to pray for this virus that, uh, that we'll be able to do that, continue to meet uh, it's been a great week. Also, uh, Nathan and Amber Payne has uh, made it known that they want to place membership here at Rome. And their sons are Sam and Luke, and we're certainly uh, glad for that and welcome that family here. And uh, Nathan will be leaving on August the 23rd to uh, go to some Army Reserve training. That's August the 23rd. So. Be sure to welcome them, and then uh, let's remember to keep him and, and their family in our prayers with this uh, upcoming training that he's going to have. Also, check your bulletins uh, for those who are sick. Uh, Judy Gerald's had eye surgery. I guess, yeah, she had it on Wednesday, and Norma will be having an MRI. Uh, Dottie Diamond... Uh, a lot of people don't know her, but you know Terry Diamond, and, and it's, it's Terry Diamond's wife, and she's being diagnosed with lung cancer. So let's pray for that family and continue to pray for uh, Eugene Stover and uh, Rusty and Kristen. Also, check your list. A lot of birthdays this month, a lot of anniversaries. One is today, August the 1st, Jerry and Mary Stevens. Happy anniversary today. So as we begin our worship service, let's bow to go to God in prayer together. Father, we do thank you for this, this beautiful morning that we have. And 
Father, we're so thankful for all that we have. We know that all good things come from you. And for the past week, Father, that we've had together to be able to uh, study your word, Father, to be able to learn more about Jesus and, and to see our uh, children gather together and, 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 Father, to learn your word and to be able to have fun and make friends as they do it. And, and we're so thankful for Vacation Bible School and, and we're thankful that you kept everyone safe and watched over everyone. And, and thank you, Father, for those uh, adults and, and for the younger people who helped to uh, make this possible. Thankful that we have the place that we can do that, Father, and, and uh, have other people come in from the community, and, and uh, we just pray you'll continue to bless this congregation. Father, we are mindful of, of those that uh, who are in our bulletin, uh, who are hurting and sick and whatever whatever it may be, Lord, we, we pray that you will bless them. And for those, Father, who are, are battling cancer, we, we pray for uh, Terry Diamond's wife, Dottie, that you'll bless her and, and be with Rusty and Kristen. And, and Father, we, we pray for others uh, who are hurting. We pray for Eugene Stover that you'll continue to, uh, to bless him. Father, be with us this morning as, uh, as we prepare our minds to, uh, to worship you and, and be with Chris as he brings us another lesson. Father, thank you for Jesus, and in his name we pray, amen. Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 348. 348, Jesus is all the world to me. <clears throat> Jesus is all the world to me, my heart, my joy, my all. He is my strength, my day-to-day, without him I would fall. When I went to heaven, I would no longer find a Christian in When I am sad, he makes me Beautiful life, good life, 
text him this morning, number 350. 350, Jesus, hold my hand. We'll sing the first two verses, and then Brother Nathan Payne will lead us in uh, our scripture and our prayer. bow with me please our heavenly father the most high god the great i am we come before you today a group of of people from different walks of life from a diverse background of individuals together with one mind and with one heart and that is and with one intention which is to worship your high and holy name we're so thankful for the opportunity and the blessing that we have this day to be in your in your creation to enjoy its, 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 all its blessings, and to come together and to worship you without fear of persecution. We know that in this world that this, this freedom is not commonplace, and we ask that we 
help to remind us to not take that for granted, but to be bold in our faith, to, to reach those in this world who are lost and living in this darkness, and to use um, our freedoms to spread your name and your message of hope, of eternal life. We ask that you be with us as we go throughout our day, as we go throughout this worship service. May we, our hearts continually be set upon you and upon your son and the sacrifice he made for each and every one of us. For your son to leave the perfect of heaven to come down to this place, to live as, as us and, and to be tempted as we are tempted, but yet to live a perfect life as an example of how we ought to be. And through his ultimate act of submission to you, to die a, a horrible death, so that through his, his gruesome death, we, have, we might have that hope of eternal life again someday with you. We're so eternally grateful that he loved us enough and considered us friends willing to lay down his life for each and every one of us when we did not love him. We ask that you be with all those that have been mentioned who are sick and suffering, be with the doctors and all of those who are taking care of them and, and, and guide them as they, as they work to restore their health and be with the loved ones who are, who are caring for them and, and worrying about them, Lord, and help, you, help them to uh, know the peace that only you can provide. And we ask that you be with our country, Lord, we know that there are turbulent times right now. We ask that you, your, your loving hands be over us and protect us and, and, and be with those in positions of leadership from the local municipalities all the way to the federal government, that your will ultimately will be done. And we ask that you uh, be with those in this community that protect and serve, the firefighters the, the, and all the first responders, police, that you protect them, that you look after them as they go to, to help serve their communities, uh, bring them home each night to, nights to their families. We ask that you be with those in the military, both here domestically and abroad, who are defending and, and promoting the ideals of freedom that we, we love so much. We ask that you keep them safe. For all of our many blessings, Lord, I, I, could, I could talk for, for hours about everything that you've done for us. And instead, I just want to say thank you for all of you done and all you continue to do for us. Forgive us, Lord, when we fall short and we go wrong, and be with us as we continue throughout this service. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Scripture reading for today will be from the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to turn with me. Ephesians chapter 6, and I'll be reading verses 10 through 13. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Next hymn this morning, number 742, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I
time we set our minds on what God has sent his son down the cross for us. And that sacrifice should be enough for us to remember we should set aside all worldly thoughts, anything we have else going in our minds, because it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, so then whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup, the Lord, in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let the person examine himself in this way. Let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So it's important that we focus on him and that sacrifice now and all the many blessings he's given to us. And it continues on reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he gave thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for this for this opportunity to be part of your to be part of your sacrifice, Lord, that you sent your son to die on the cross for us, Lord. We take this bread that represents your body for us now, Lord. Lord, let us remember that sacrifice as we partake it. 
Let's, take, let's remember this with open heart and open mind, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. It's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. go to God prayer for fruit of the vine. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you once again to remember that sacrifice, blood that was shed at Calvary for us, Lord, on the cross. Lord, we take this fruit of vine and remember that sacrifice, Lord. Lord, we just know that, that you are with us as we partake this, and, and Lord, we are so thankful for, for that. Continue to be with us. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Elders have also set a time for... We are blessed with so many things in this life. We have examples after examples written in the Bible on how the people gave to the early church and also to the, the apostles to continue on doing God's work. It's important that we have these funds to continue on our missions and spreading God's word out to others. We do so many things here at the building that that a lot of you guys do not know about and girls don't know about. If you ever wonder what we do here, just ask me and Chris and Peg, and we're more than happy to tell you on what we do. But we do so many things for the glory of God. And uh, it's just time to go to God in prayer for all the many blessings he's given to us. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed for all the many things you've given to us. Lord, we're so thankful that, that you sent your son to die for us, was buried, and was raised again. Lord, we know that he was victorious. Lord, we, we come to you with grateful heart and mind at this time, Lord. Lord, be with the elders. Continue to be with our deacons. And the work that they do for this church, Lord. Be with our missions as we continue on spreading your word in Scotland and others, Lord, and also within our community, Lord. Lord, let your word continue on being a strong part of our life and we share your word with others. Continue to be with our church and the congregation here, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 836, The Great Redeemer. <clears throat> it's at this time the young children may go to the children's Bible hour.
How I love the great Redeemer, who is doing so much for me. With my joy, I tell the story of a love that makes him free. Till I
received. Invitation here this morning, number 369. 369, Jesus the Loving Shepherd. This time with the Christ. Good morning. It feels weird to not say be turning in your Bibles to Mark now, doesn't it? We finished our series on Mark last Sunday, and I'm a little sad. I miss Mark. Uh, I've been thinking about something over the last several weeks, though, and I wanted to share some of those thoughts with you today. Um, We will be getting into probably, I think, another book very soon. Maybe over the next month or two months, we'll be getting into a different book of the Bible I like teaching like that, and I think that's the best way to learn. So uh, it's kind of where I'm headed, where we're going. Um, But today I I wanted to start in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. It's the verse that Nathan read for us this morning, starting in verse 10. Uh, It's kind of where my my thoughts have been all over the place in relation to this over the last several weeks, I guess. But... uh, If you've been paying attention in the news, you know that uh, the Delta variant for COVID is is kicking up again and and people are getting anxious and beginning to see some restrictions coming in across the country. So I just kind of wanted to talk about some of the things that that I've been thinking about that you may have been thinking about as well in relation to this. Hopefully encourage, encourage us, teach us how to deal with this thing in a Christian perspective. I think a lot of different people have a lot of different ways of dealing with the, uh, with the virus. And so how are we going to deal with it as God's people? Because we ought to have a different perspective on it than the rest of the world, right? We've been changed. We've been transformed. We've been called out. The literal meaning for the word church, ecclesia in Greek, is called out. And so we were called out of all those things, out of that way of thinking, out of that mindset. We are changed. We're different. So our thinking on this probably should be different, shouldn't it? At least there are some qualifiers maybe that should be in the back of our heads as we deal with and think through uh, these issues. And so I just kind of want to spend a little bit of time this morning working through some of that stuff with you and showing you what's on my heart and, and maybe helping you walk through some of those thoughts this morning. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, if you notice in verse 10, the first word that Paul writes in Ephesians six ten is finally. What's he been talking about? Well, this whole letter has been leading up until this point, really. Um, Paul is a big fan of logic. And as you walk through one of his books, you'll find it just riddled with logic. And so you've got to go back, really, to understand what he's talking about when he says, finally we got to go really all the way back to Ephesians chapter 1. We're not going to be here all day. I'm not going to go through verse for verse, so don't don't get concerned. But as we start in Ephesians 1, you begin to find God saying that I've adopted you. Uh, you're, You're in my family now. You have an inheritance. You've been redeemed. You've been pulled out of all the things that the world has entrenched you in. Uh, and obviously the biblical reference there is, is to the slavery that the Jews uh, endured in Egypt. And when he bought them out of that slavery, they became his people, did they not? And so they adhered to a certain set of rules. And he gave them those rules of Mount Sinai. And, and he's going to continue with those rules throughout the Old Testament today. We live in a different covenant. But the rules, while they have changed 
a, a little bit, obviously. Our adherence to them still needs to be the same because we have been bought. He paid a price for us, right? The most costly price, the blood of His Son. And so it's not just that He bought us, but that how He bought us. We are His. And, and thankfully, He's invited us into His family, right? You may not be able to understand the word adoption until you adopt someone or until you, you encounter someone who has been adopted. And they be kind of can walk you through that process. But it comes with its own set of difficulties and, and struggles, but also its own set of joys, mountaintop experiences. And that's what God has given us in this prize, this inheritance that he's given us. He's invited us into his family. And Paul's trying to work us through that that thought, this predestination that he's, he's, he's given this one set group of people, the church, an inheritance, redemption, possibility of heaven with him. And, and that's the thought that he's trying to work us through in Ephesians 1. In Ephesians 2, he says, you, you've been combined with everyone though haven't you like the Jews came into the church and they left Judaism behind them and they soaked up the blood of Christ and it washed them but it also washed the Gentiles who came out of the pagan world who were worshiping the Roman and Greek gods it, it washed them of their sins too and they've made these two groups that are so disparate these two groups that could not be more different are now one inside of Christ appreciated Nathan's prayer this morning where he, he kind of espoused that similar thought there. We come, even in America, from all different socioeconomic statuses, from, from a lot of different places, from a lot of different mindsets, right? We come from a lot of different things. Republican, Democrat, male, female, young, old. We, we come from a lot of different places, a lot of different walks of life. But guess what? We're all one inside of Christ. We've all soaked up the blood of Christ and it's washed us from our sins because of our entrance into Christ. That's the thought that he tries to espouse in, in Ephesians chapter 2 and, and 3. 1 through 3 in Ephesians is all about this doctrinal, these doctrinal matters, this teaching, this, this deep fundamental teaching about who you are inside of Christ. Look over in Ephesians chapter 4. He starts a different thought. In Ephesians 4 verse 1, because of what God has done for us and because of who you now are inside of Christ, he's got some rules for us. He's got some implications for us because of those things. And in 4.1, he says, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord. Every time you see the therefore, there's a question that comes with the therefore, right? What's, it's a cute thing, so be ready. What's the therefore, therefore? So when Paul says, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord, he's talking about. He wants you to bring in all the things that he's just talked about in Ephesians 1 through 3. And he's building up to this all the way in Ephesians chapter 6 when he says, finally. So we're, we're headed that direction. But he says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Right? 
he's, he's talked about the costly price that's been paid for our calling, for us to be inside of Christ. It costs God everything, right? Which is just unimaginable to us. Why a king would sacrifice for his subjects, not even to mention why a god would sacrifice for his creation is, is unbelievable. But that's what he's done. And so he says, because of what God has done and because of who you now are in Christ, you have to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And in 4 and 5 and 6, he's going to walk you through the practical implications of his theology. So back in 1 through 3, he says, here's what God has done for you. Here's who you are inside of Christ now. And then in 4 through 6, he says, here's some practical implications of that. So that's where we're at when he says, finally, he's bringing in all of that knowledge. In that, that one little word, finally, he's bringing all that stuff in. So he says, be strong, but not in your own strength, right? Because that would be foolishness, right? You know, we don't, we don't work in our own strength. Remember, Paul tried that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 with his thorn in the flesh. Do you remember the story? So Paul pleads with the Lord three, on three different occasions to take this thing away from him. Whatever it is, we don't, we don't know what it is. A lot of people think that Paul had uh, bad eyesight. He certainly wrote uh, with large letters. And a lot of people think, well, maybe he couldn't see very well. So he writes in these massive letters because he can't see them very well. So maybe that's it. We don't know. But whatever thing he's struggling with, he pleads with the Lord on three different occasions to take this thing away from him. And God says no. But do you remember, he doesn't just say no. He gives them additional information. My grace is what? Sufficient for you. Because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so we don't walk around, we don't try to do life in our own power, right? We rely on the Lord. And that's something... I hope has been drilled into your mind. It's been drilled into my mind through our, our lessons in Mark. We rely 100% on him. And so finally, all that stuff from 1 through 5 has been brought in here. Finally, be strong, not in yourselves, because there's no power in us. We can't do life on our own. We need his power. And you're going to see that in blatant script here in a second. So finally be strong in the Lord. And in case you missed it, he's going to say it again. And in the strength of his might. It's not your might. You can't do this on your own. You're strong in his might. And so he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You have an enemy, right? We have an enemy, and he is incredibly, dangerously powerful, right? You can't even see him, but he's at work in the powers of this age, right? That's what Paul says here. We don't wrestle against people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right? They're not our enemies, even though they may be saying some things that we disagree with. 
Remember at the height of the quarantine and, and when COVID was so strong, and even now with the vaccines, some people are saying some stuff that we might disagree with. Are they the problem? No. What are they? They're pawns. I taught Titus how to play checkers. He really enjoys it. I taught him how to play checkers because I don't know how to play chess. And so, uh, but when we play with them now, when I play with them, uh, I've gotten to where he's gotten pretty good at it. And so I, I lay out a pawn every now and then, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a piece where he can jump mine, but it puts two or three of his in mortal danger, right? It's a pawn, and he falls for it. He hasn't learned it every time. And I wouldn't be saying this if he were in here. So... So I like beating him as much as he likes beating me. So uh, when he takes that pawn, what's happened? I've got the advantage, don't I? When we attack each other, who's got the advantage? It's not us, it's Satan, right? Let me take you back to a verse in Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 15. This is the great section where Paul says, You are all one inside of Christ. Our unity is something that is worth sacrificing a great many things for. Ephesians chapter 2. My opinion ought to be subjected, ought to bow to our unity. My opinion is not worth shouting and destroying our unity over. Your opinion is not worth shouting and destroying our unity over. If you think the vaccine's the way to go, if you think the not the vaccine's the way to go, you think the mass is great, think the mass is not great, I don't care. What we need to do is agree in the Lord, right? Our unity is important. Whatever we, whatever we agree or whatever we think, whatever our opinions are, the important thing is that we agree in the Lord. Listen to what he says here to, to these two people groups who are at odds in the church in Ephesus. The Gentiles come from paganism. Uh, anything goes, pretty much. And then the Jews come from this very regimented, very strict lifestyle where they adhere to the certain uh, laws and it, their, behavior, their, their, their grace that's extended toward them is based on their adherence to those laws. And so you could not get two different people groups in the Ephesian church. And this is what he says in verse 14. For he himself is our peace. He's talking about Jesus. He is our peace who has made us both one. He took these two completely separate people groups and he made them one. Do they still disagree? Yes, they do. On multiple occasions and in various ways, they still disagree. And you see that throughout the early church. But he says, your opinions shouldn't attack our unity. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. You see that? Uh, it's just such a, an astounding concept, right? If we can wrap our minds around the God of the universe, the creator, the one who made us out of dust and ashes, right? The one who made us out of dust. If we can grasp that he died for us, Maybe you can grasp onto this little concept that Paul's trying to teach us here in Ephesians 2, 14. That when we attack each other, we're breaking down that sacrifice that was given for us. You see how important unity is? 
It's at the very core of who we are. It took our hostility, all, all the things, all our disagreements, and it washed them away because there's something so much more important at stake. Verse 15 says, By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, and so making peace. He took two people and he made them one inside of Christ. And so we agree with each other. Our unity is at stake here. And we can't afford to attack each other. And we certainly can, attack, can afford to attack the world. Whatever our opinions are and these differences and, and how we deal with, with COVID and the quarantine and all the things that are wrapped up in that, there's an awful lot of very strong opinions in there, isn't it? I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> what I want you to remember is inside of Christ, we are one. And we don't attack each other. Second thing, we don't attack the world because pawns, right? Satan's using some of that stuff to lay a trap for us. We start attacking the world, what happens? We lose our evangelistic opportunity with so many people. Our goal here is not to convince them that we're right. Our goal here is to convince them that God is right. There's a difference there, right? He's right even when I'm wrong. Even when I think I'm right, he's righter. <laughs> and so I'm accomplishing his agenda, right? I'm not, not out for ours. That's what I've been thinking. Uh, I've also been thinking through this idea of not being so attached to this world. Turn over to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. I think I, I think I need to preface these remarks with, with maybe some, some other statements. If you want to wear the mask, that's fine. I get it. Uh, it's a scary, scary thing out there, right? Uh, if you want to get the vaccine, I get it. Scary stuff. I've got a friend in Alabama that's not a whole lot older than I am that might die from this thing. Uh, he's been in the hospital for a couple weeks. And so... Get it. I get it. What I want to caution us about is being connected to this world when God says you're not of this world. Your, your citizenship isn't here. Your, your place isn't here. Your home's not here. So we get awfully comfortable here, though, don't we? If you remember the rich young ruler, a good, good man. I mean, by all accounts, this guy is a good man. Comes to Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? He's got a good question, right? Good man's got a good question. He's walking and talking at the right source. So he comes to Jesus and he says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, follow the commandments. The guy says, I I'm good. I've done that all my life. And then Jesus says, well, you're still missing one thing. Go sell everything you got and, and give it to the poor. And this guy walked away sad. Why? Because he's attached to this world. It's awfully easy to do, isn't it? This is one of the schemes of the devil. Because we can see this place. We can, we can touch it. And things that are here seem to capture our attention much more easily than things that we can't see, don't they? And so heaven as a reality can be tough to grab a hold of when I'm sick or my family's sick or my friends are sick or the bank account's running low or fill in the blank. 
those things are awfully easy to grab a hold of. And I just want to remind us, <laughs> we can't be so attached to this world. Because this is not where we're staying. This world's going to be burned up. Everything we love here won't always be here. It's subject to fire. And so we cannot be so attached to this place. Acts chapter 8, Saul has been persecuting the church uh, to the extent in Jerusalem that he's now ready to move out of Jerusalem. He's going to different places. Um, he's just consented to the death of Stephen. And so all the apostles, the church in Jerusalem scatters. Maybe from that we can derive this idea that you don't have to put yourself in ridiculous situations of danger to have faith, right? Just because you wear the mask doesn't mean you don't have faith. Of course. Just because you got the vaccine doesn't mean you don't have faith. Of course it doesn't, right? These guys had a tremendous amount of faith, and they still didn't want to put themselves in danger. And so they left Jerusalem, and they went to all the other places. What I want you to see is what they did when they went to all the other places. Look here in verse 4. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Now those who were scattered went abroad, went about, what? Preaching the word. They were not at all attached to this world. They didn't put themselves in unnecessary risks. Seems smart, right? We're all okay with that. You want to wear the mask? Fine. You want to get the vaccine? Fine. But continue about the work of the Lord, Right? Don't stop doing his things because this thing has popped up again. Now, we probably need to spend a lot more time on that, but I think there's probably an underlying danger here that we need to think through. So flip on back to Acts, or 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. I don't know about you, but when I heard the Delta variants kicking back up, I got very discouraged. Anybody else feel that same way? It's kind of like, man, I thought it was over. I was ready to burn my mask. Now I might need it again. <laughs> uh, so I just got very discouraged. And I started thinking, that, that's kind of what started me thinking through this, this series of thoughts here about how we should deal with this because we ought to deal with it different than the world does, which again is, is difficult. But our thinking and our minds have been called out of that. So we need to think differently than the world does. And these avenues that we've mentioned and, and so many others that we're not going to have time for today. But in Acts chapter 18, or <laughs> in 1 Kings 18, you find a guy who's very discouraged. Um, Elijah has been devoted to the Lord. Uh, if you want to find a guy in the Old Testament who is devoted, Elijah's where you go to. He thinks he's all alone, right? He thinks he's the only servant of the Lord left. And he looks around at his country who ought to be devoted just like he is. And they're just a bunch of sellouts. Nobody has faith. They're all just wishy-washy and doing whatever Ahab and Jezebel want them to do. Which happens to be worshipping the Asheroths and Baals. These false gods. They went down and cut up a tree and put a face on it. And they start worshipping that thing. And Elijah says, what in the world is wrong with you people? Finally, he challenges them to a duel. And God comes through as he is wont to do, Right? And revolution sweeps through Israel. 
and the 850 priests of Baal and Azra are, are, are um, condemned. They're, they're murdered. Um, executed is the word I'm looking for. Uh, so they're executed. And, and, and this revolution is sweeping through Israel. But then Jezebel, Satan in the form of Jezebel, gets in Elijah's ear. And she says, I'm going to do to you exactly what you've done to them by this time tomorrow. And so Elijah gets discouraged. And this just starts ripping them apart, right? You, go, you should go back through and read this story. This story. It's in uh, 1 Kings 18 and 19. But Elijah just gets very discouraged. And he, he goes um, out into the wilderness. And God meets him there. This angel meets him there. Um, and he gives him some food on a couple of different occasions. Gives him food. Indicating God's care for Elijah, right? God cares for us. And you can see it in every aspect of our day. He cares for us. And then he tells Elijah to go to the mountain and he's going to meet with God there and God's going to have some instructions for him there. And in that mountain, you just see Elijah's discouragement. God, I'm the only one who's been serving and I've been serving for a long time and now they're seeking to kill me and I just can't do anything about it and I'm tired and I'm frustrated and I'm discouraged. And you just see Elijah's mental state at that point at, in that cave in the mountain as God walks, walks past him and talks with him. But God's got a job for Elijah, right? Go appoint Elisha as the new prophet under you. He's going to learn under you. Uh, he's going to be the guy who pushes Israel, who preaches repentance to them, much like John the Baptist would years later under Jesus. He's also going to appoint a couple of different kings over some of the Aryan nations. And the revival that started will, will continue under Elisha and, and under these two kings. What I want you to see there is God gave Elisha, Elijah a job, didn't he? If we, want to dis, if we want to overcome our discouragement, we need a job. Thankfully, we've got a job, right? Remember what we just read in Acts chapter 8? Our job is to go out and to teach God's agenda to a lost and dying world. And in that, their lostness and their, and their dying has nothing to do with COVID. It has nothing to do with any virus. It has something to do with something so much more significant that we have the answer to that they don't know about. Jesus is the answer to their question. He's the answer to their problem of sin. And he's the only one who can drag them out of that. It's kind of what I've been thinking through the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe some of these thoughts have been helpful for you too. Uh, maybe you've been thinking some other things. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. I just don't want us to get discouraged. Because as God's people, we have the answers. We have peace. We have contentment. All the things that we need, He's already given us, right? And so, if God's for us, who can be against us? Not, the, not COVID, not some virus, not, not people, not even Satan can overturn his power in us. Because if you remember, back in Ephesians chapter 6, whose strength are we fighting in? 
It's not ours, is it? It's the Lord's strength and the strength of his might. And so we rely on that because we're not strong enough to fight off all the things that Satan throws at us. And COVID's just one of many, right? We're not strong enough to fight it off, but he is. And so we do things his way. This morning, if you haven't been baptized, you have a much greater problem than COVID. You have a much greater problem, problem than anything, any disease out there in the world. Sin is laid on your account and God cannot have a relationship with someone who is sinful. And so he needs to remove that sin from you. How is he going to do that? Well, he does that through the power of Jesus' blood. When you're baptized into his blood, he washes away those sins and they're no longer held against you. Maybe you've already made that decision. You, this morning, you just need the prayers of this congregation to be who God would have you to be, to walk in a manner worthy of his calling, like he says in Ephesians 2, Ephesians 4. If you have any need this morning, why don't you come as we stand and sing. Good morning, church family. 
First Great Lesson, brother. Appreciate you. If you're visiting with us, we are glad you decided to worship with us this morning. If you can, take a moment to fill a visitor card and put it inside the collection box. It would be greatly appreciated. And stick around so we can get to know you a little bit better. But first, I want to say thank you to all the teachers, the kitchen crew, uh, people who helped out with games and people who helped out with crafts and uh, all the actors, everyone you helped with Vacation Bible School. We averaged 106 uh, during VBS this year, and uh, it would not have been successful without your help. And uh, thank you for, for all you did. Um, they one story that um, uh, we, it was not the fourth night we were doing Ten Commandments, and we had, uh, Mandy was throwing a ball at some Pringles cans, there ten of them for the Ten Commandments. And Mandy asked a question, so where do we get the Ten Commandments from? And some kids yelled the Bible, some kids yelled Exodus, which she was surprised that they, they said Exodus. And, um, and two girls there said, um, we don't have a Bible. And um, we got them Bibles. I did. I got them Bibles. Uh, that's our community we reach. We reach out to those who do not know God's word. There are so many kids out there in this community who do not get an opportunity to come to church, who don't know God's word, and that's the reason we do what we do, to reach those. But I just wanted to share that story with y'all. Um, remember our kids that are starting school here in 18 days, kids. Imagine that. Uh, 18 more days to start school. Uh, remember them in your prayers and also all our college kids as well who are about to start college and about to head back. Uh, remember them in your prayers. Remember to keep Norma Dennison in your prayers that she has an MRI tomorrow, um, that uh, everything goes okay with that. Also, uh, Judy Gerald. Uh, is recovering from eye surgery last week, so remember to keep her in your prayers. Uh, Steve and Peggy Rowe have requested prayers for their grandson, Jaden. Jaden underwent surgery at Ohio State Hospital uh, for an abscess related to his Crohn's disease, so remember to keep Jaden in your prayers at this time. Um, we'll keep you updated as we hear things about him. Also, remember to continue to keep Friday Simpson's friend in your prayers, he had a stroke, and he still remains at St. Mary's. So remember to keep him in your prayers at this time. Uh, keep all the ones that are dealing with cancer in your prayers at this time. Keep Kristen Ward, Rusty Leap, Hank Picklesheimer, Randy Ash, Steve War, Ware, and Denise Haney, and Tracy Hamrick. And there are so many others that are dealing with cancer, that are dealing with illnesses at this time, that are in your bulletin. So please grab a bulletin on your way out. Um, there's also other activities going on in the bulletin as well. Uh, that's all the announcements I have. Looking forward to seeing everybody again this evening at 6. We'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Let us please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 502. 502. We'll sing the first and last verse, and then Brother Jim Wilgus will have a prayer. <clears throat> They tell me how the whole
Father, we thank thee for this opportunity that we've had to assemble here this morning to sing songs of praise, to hear uh, lessons from your word. We pray, Father, that everything that we have done and said in this hour has been pleasing with thee. We uh, are thankful, especially, Father, for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth and died even though he was without sin. We pray now, Father, as we leave today that you will go with us. You will keep us in your care, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.